0: Wasn't Ian's message last week awesome? I, I found his message fantastic. And in, in many ways, this is an unplanned and unscheduled part two of his message. Uh, it's kind of funny how God works in that um, the week before Ian preached, I was sort of just having a moment with God. I was like, God, usually I know what I want to preach about when it's coming up, but I just didn't really have a, a firm, you know, this is what I definitely want to preach about. And so I... um. I was praying, I was like, God, what do you want me to preach about? And I really felt, I was reading a book called um, Made to Move Mountains, and I really felt like God was leading me in the direction of mountains in some formal direction or something. And, uh, but I didn't want to just preach about mountains because they were on my mind and I had been reading a book. I wanted to preach what God uh, had told me to preach. But then as soon as I heard uh, Ian's preach last week, you know, valleys, breed, champions, I knew that that was the direction that God was telling me to go. You see, I think it's safe to say that we all long for a mountaintop experience. We long not so much for the valleys, the hard times and the things that, that um, we know make us stronger, that build champions, breed champions, but they're not the valleys are not the things we long for. We long for the mountaintop experience. We long for the time where we feel like things are going well, where we've achieved something, the sense of satisfaction of getting to the top of the mountain, even if it's the washing mountain. Um, we long for the mountaintop. We see others having good things happen in their life and success and we see see them going forward in their lives and we wonder when it's our turn. When will it be my turn that actually things will all align and go well in my life? Today isn't so much about the mountaintop experience because that will happen. But today is more about um, the mountains are in our way and the journey to overcome. So it just lines up really quite well with Ian's preach. Mountains are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible, and a lot of that is because just the actual landscape of of the area of the Bible is quite mountainous. Uh, But it's also the belief uh, that being on a mountaintop makes us closer to God. You know, there's a lot of people that go, oh, when I really need to connect with God, I go and climb a mountain. And in some way, they feel closer to God because we imagine that God is in heaven I mean, God is in heaven, but (laughs) we imagine that heaven is up there. And so being on a mountaintop causes us to be closer to God, right? But uh, there's many times in in the Bible that the mountains are important places. Mount Ararat was where Noah's ark rested. Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. We've got the Mount of Olives, where Jesus was praised and was arrested. We've got Mount Zion, where David captures it and Solomon's temple was built in it. Mount of Transfiguration, Mount Carmel, Mount Sermon on the Mount. There's so many mountains and there's so many verses, not just about places, but about mountains in our lives. Today I'm thinking more about, rather than physical mountains that we might climb, or I don't personally, obviously, but some people do. But the mountains that stand in our way, the mountains that We just can't get on top of now. The mountains that we would long for a mountaintop experience in this situation, but right now we're left with this mountain standing in front of us. It's tall. It's powerful. Leaving us not knowing what we're really supposed to do to conquer this mountain. But, you know, the Bible is very clear about what what the Bible says about mountains. In Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, You can say to that mountain, move from here, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. God moves mountains miraculously. He does. Sometimes we can stare down the impossible and it stares right back at us, but then in a moment, God casts it to the sea and makes a way where there is no way. But some mountains God doesn't move. And we need to be honest about that. Some mountains God doesn't move. They're sitting there in front of us, blocking our path, obscuring our views, and wearing us down. These mountains were created to climb. So today I'm kind of preaching about mountains, moving them, climbing them, and bypassing them. Because I believe that, uh, I kind of just believe that that's kind of the way uh, forward. We're made, to cl- we're made to move mountains. God created us to do hard things. We don't climb mountains because we're capable. We climb mountains out of obedience to God, and God is with us as we climb them. But first, I want to talk about moving mountains. Just realized I didn't like highlight notes for you and you, you knew the slides, so you have to listen really closely, won't you? So you know when slide to put up. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've already said uh, what the Bible says in Matthew about moving mountains, But one thing the Bible doesn't say about moving mountains is it doesn't actually say, "Pray about your mountain." It doesn't say "complain about your mountain." It doesn't say "worry about your mountain." What it does say is it tells you to speak to your mountain." Back in Matthew, and then again in Mark, Mark, verse 11, Mark, chapter 11, verse 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen, and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and and if you believe that, you will receive it. It will be yours. I don't think the Bible tells us not to pray about our mountains, but it does tell us to speak to our mountains. It does tell us to speak to the things that stand in the way that we know God wants moved, to speak to those things with power and authority, and they will be moved. Amos 4 verse 13 declares, For behold, he who formed the mountains and creates the wind, who declares to man what his thought is, and makes the morning darkness, who treads the high places of earth, the Lord, the God of hosts of The Lord... God of hosts is his name. So if God created those mountains, clearly he can move them. There isn't a verse in the Bible that directly says God moves mountains. I think God makes it quite clear in the Bible that he can, but the Bible doesn't specifically say God moves mountains. That, that Those words together do not appear in the Bible. But what the verses do say is that God has authority both over physical and and spiritual mountains in our lives, that He has authority over them, and He certainly has the power to move them. We talked last week about um, speaking the word. You know, we need to be imitators of our Father, speaking, speaking His word, speaking words that cha- when when God spoke, when Jesus spoke, words that changed things around Him. It changed the environment. We have to do the same. We need to use our words to change their environment around us but to speak to mountains we kind of need to know how to do that like how do you do that so I've got three very quick just ideas really on ways that we can speak to the mountain number one is you need to know who you are in Christ now if you don't know who you are in Christ you can very do you know what you can even just google it who does the bible say I am And you will be flooded with uh, articles or whatever. But just for a quick uh, recap, you are complete in him, who is the head and rule over all, rule and authority over all. That's in Colossians. You are free from the law of sin and death. That's in Romans. You are born of God. The evil one does not touch you. That's in 1 John. You have the mind of Christ, says 1 Corinthians. You have the spirit of God who's greater than the enemy living inside you. 1 John. You can do whatever you need to. You need to, through Jesus who gives you strength. You're an, overcomer, you're an overcomer of the enemy, it talks about in Revelation. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that we are his children, we, that we are loved, that, we, that he has a plan for us. We need to know who we are in Christ before we can speak with boldness. Number two, speak with boldness and authority. In Mark 16, it says, you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. He can do miraculous things through you. You have the power and authority over the enemy in this world. Speak with boldness and with authority. You know, number three, I just think we need to believe. We need to believe that we serve a God who moves mountains. We serve a God that doesn't want us to be trapped with no way out. We serve a God who moves mountains. The Bible is very clear about that. An example of this is of the disciples in Acts 3, verses 1 to 9. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he would be put outside the temple gate one called a beautiful gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple when he saw Peter and John about to enter he asked them for some money Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said and then Peter said look at us the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money but Peter said I don't have silver and gold for you but what I have I will give in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth get up and walk. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up, and as he did the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up and down, stood on his feet and began to walk, then leaping, walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Peter didn't even pray for him. He used authority and commanded the man to walk in the name of Jesus. And it was God's power that healed him. But Peter used the authority over sickness and disease to minister that healing power. Peter was bold. Peter was confident. Peter knew that God would back him. He knew that this was God's will for this man to be healed, and he used authority to do it. In one moment, that man's mountain that had maybe stood in front of him his entire life, in that one moment, because Peter chose to make a choice to speak with power, authority and boldness and that one moment that man's mountain was moved. We need to speak less about our mountains and speak more to them. Complain less, worry less, speak less about them and speak more to them. Last night my family was watching a movie and it was, it was my choice because after about half an hour of no I don't want to watch that, no I don't want to watch that, I was like, I'm picking, so I picked a movie, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was pretty slow at the beginning, and the kids were all like, oh, what is this, and it was also a little, um, it was a little bit Christian cringy. would, would be what I would call it, at the beginning, it was, I mean, at the end, I think that everyone was okay with it, but at the beginning, it was a little bit like, oh, it was, yeah, it was a little bit, it was called Breakthrough, it wasn't their first choice, but I made them watch it, it was a little bit slow, but you know what? There was a moment in that movie that I was actually deeply moved. There's actually a lot of moments because, I don't know, if you know the story, it's about a mother's love for a son who is on the verge of dying, basically. So I was basically crying for quite a lot of it. <laughs> My kid's like, ugh, mum. But I was like, I'm a mother. But then also there was this moment that just as a Christian I was moved because in this movie, I mean, the woman had some issues. She, she uh, it's quite funny, there's quite a lot of um, little sort of in Christian jokes, but um, she had some issues with church and God and and whatnot, but actually when push came to shove, the belief that that mother had in the movie, the faith community that came around her, the way she walked out her faith with love, faith, and also ultimately with surrender, an ultimate belief that God would heal her son, but actually she came to a point where she knew God could heal her son, but she surrendered him to God to do what he wanted. And then the community came together, and outside the—it's tr- based on a true story. And outside the church, they all stood and sung. And uh, I was moved by the fact that they had a faith community that truly believed that God could move that mountain. The doctors had said about this boy, there is no way. We've never seen anyone come out of this. And if he does come out of it, he will be brain damaged. But you know what? This kid came out of this near drowning 100% fine. He had this faith community, this belief. And I was moved to think, this is actually what we're supposed to be like. We're supposed to have this kind of faith that God can move mountains. But yet somewhere in the Western society, because we live in a land flowing with milk and honey, we don't need him as much. And so we're not as desperate. There's, you know, you, you talk to anyone who's been on missionary trips and in other countries, they, they can pray for people and they get healed, but yet here they don't. And why is that? I, and I was, I was just quite moved uh, by our lack as Christians, uh, as believers and followers of Jesus. Anyway, I'm losing time. The next thing, we're going from moving mountains to climbing mountains. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a great fan of climbing mountains. Don't mind a little odd walk up the hill, but moving climbing mountains is not really my cup of tea. But in everyone's life, there comes mountains which do not move. We pray and we pray and nothing changes, nothing happens. This week I've been going through, we've been cleaning our garage, and I've been going through all of our kids' school books and not keeping them away. We had most of them, but throwing out maths books, I don't really want to keep the mess books but keeping the ones with the stories and I found this old story that Bailey wrote I did seek permission for this but she was already when she's like six or seven so she's not that embarrassed but it's this old story that Bailey had written and it was about going to a really boring dance show that her little sister had done in fact she was a little bit mean she was like I don't even know if these kids have had dance lessons <laughs> they were preschoolers so it probably was pretty bad anyway she's like I just wanted to be at home reading a book which was very Bailey And uh, anyway, she went on, and then it said, just when it finally ended, they invited the parents up to dance. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed that Dad wouldn't go up. But so much for prayer, he did. (laughs) See, if God had answered that prayer that day as a little six-year-old for her dad not to go up, she would never have built the resistance that she needs to have an embarrassing father. She would be severely embarrassed by his kilt-wearing and all the things he does now, but actually God didn't answer that prayer and has built resistance over time that she clearly needs. Every parent who has taught their children to pray will have been asked, why hasn't God answered that prayer? We need to teach our children that just because God doesn't answer that prayer, it does not mean that he's not listening. It does not mean that he doesn't care. It does not mean that he's not moving. It just means he has a different plan. We need to show our kids the prayers that God has answered because we're very good at looking at the ones that he didn't answer in the way that we wanted him to, but not thanking him for all the ones that he has answered and all the goodness that God has given in our lives. So we need to teach our children what God has answered and help them build their faith. Maybe there is a lesson to learn in the hill that needs to be climbed. God often keeps the circumstances the same. He doesn't move the mountain, but he moves us. He changes us in the challenge. He changes us in the difficulty. He doesn't move the mountain. He moves something in us that may be needed to be moved. Sometimes he provides tangible, obvious, clear miracles, and other times he's silent which tests our faith, but is our faith dependent on what He does for us, or on who we know He is? Beth Moore's quote here: "Faith is believing in my own is, faith is not believing in my own unshakable belief. Faith is believing in an unshakable God that, when everything in me trembles and quakes, we believe in an unshakable God when everything in us." Trembles and shakes. As you climb in your mountain, whatever it might be, your legs may be weary, your heart may be heavy with whatever you're facing, but the Lord will provide. In Genesis 22, verse 16, Abraham had just climbed a mountain, about to sacrifice his only son, and God provides a ram, and he sacrifices that. And in verse 14, it says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaha which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use this name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Everything that we need, not everything that we want, but everything that we need will be provided. The thing about climbing a mountain, particularly a big one, you shouldn't do it without a team. Don't climb the mountain alone. Don't climb the mountain without being fit. You don't climb a mountain without being prepared. When uh, Cam and Matt and all the, those, Mark and Yaku and the few lads go on trips, we often get an email, this is where we'll be, when I'm like, I'm not coming to find you, but thanks for telling me. You know, we, can, we can call, search and rescue and send them out if they don't return. This is where they've been. But you know, you be prepared, you let someone know where you're going to go. You don't climb a mountain without balancing risk and rewards. And you never climb a mountain by accident. Climbing a mountain is intentional. Ian talked last week about the vision of valley. The importance of keeping our eyes on Jesus. Talked about not isolating ourselves. All these things are really important when it comes to any mountain that you might have to climb. If you're not having to climb a mountain now, what are you doing to prepare yourself for the next mountain? Because you know what? I feel like life is just a bit of a series of mountains. They might be big. They might be small. Valleys can be, some valleys can be higher than, than others. Some valleys can be quite low. But actually, uh, this is the life that we're living, and we need to be prepared to climb mountains. Sometimes the mountain to be moved or climbed isn't a hardship or a sickness. It isn't a problem you can, can't see past, but it's a dream. It's a dream that God has put on your heart. It's a dream that God has placed in you. God speaks and you're excited, but boy, how is that even going to happen? That's a mountain too. The lady that wrote the book that I read called Made to Move Mountains is is a perfect case study in this. She, She started out with a heart just to help teen mums in Africa. She's like, oh, there's so many young girls having babies and I want to be able to help them but then she worked out in order to help them, she needed to help their parents and, and she needed to help with finances. She needed, and so she's ended up running a massive non-profit. She's, she's got shops everywhere. She's got women making crafts, selling fair trade stuff. She's educating them. She's got group homes. She's got uh, birthing places where young people can go and birth in Africa. She's a perfect case study of like, of, she saw this mountain, she saw this need that she needed to climb and she needed God to do it and it was one that she chose because it was a dream that God had put in her heart, her heart, a dream that would glorify the Lord. God often reveals his will by giving us dreams we didn't know we wanted and asking us to scale mountains we didn't think we could climb. He beckons us because he wants his glory revealed. Ephesians three verse twenty. Someone wrote it on the chat this morning. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask or think of, according to the power that works in us. His power that works in us. To him be all the glory in the church by Jesus Christ all generation. He is able, so we could dream something. He could give us a dream and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly, but not if we sit back. We have to pursue and we have to choose to climb. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could dream of, more than you could imagine for his glory, but we have to get ready to climb. There's a bit of a saying that, I don't know if it's actually a saying or if it's just a saying in my house, but saying, uh, you've got to choose the hill you're going to die on. Is that like, that's, no one's nodding here. So, no, it's a few nods. Okay. So, you know, when our kids were quite little, um, Cam is really big on, like, they've got it. they need to be respectful, right? But sometimes tired children, well, children in general are not. And uh, so sometimes, you know, they'd be really tired and they would have done something a bit naughty. And he would be, like, growling them. And I'm like, Ah is this a hill we want to die on today or should we just put them to bed because they're really tired? So it's kind of like a a saying in our parenthood, like, do we want to die on this hill right now or should we just put them to bed and they go to sleep? When it comes to work, personal life and parenting, uh, there are many hills, (coughs) many hills that I'm willing to die on and many that I'm not willing to die on. If it's about character, morals, health and well-being, (coughs) then yes, absolutely. If it's about how many earrings are in the ear, what color of the hair, even what they wear to a degree, that's not a a hill I'm willing to die on. (coughs) We do have some ground rules of clothing, which I won't share now, but if you'd like to know them, I can share them with you. I would rather my kid had 10 earrings and a mohawk and was a nice person with character morals who love Jesus than that they just look the part that they might have character and morals and they might love Jesus that's a hard thing for us to deal with i get that it's hard for us not to judge and it's it's a, it's a it's a it's something between us and God, isn't it? It's hard for us not to judge a person, a teenager or any person, based on their experience. But actually, if we judge someone based on their experience without getting to know their character, without getting to know if they love Jesus, then that's more on us than it is on them, isn't it? I'm more likely to die on the hill if we eat dinner together. Thank you. I'm more likely to die on the hill if we eat dinner together and you don't eat it in your bedroom than I am about dying your hair or the... Tidiness of your bedroom. I do make them tidy bedrooms occasionally, but I'm not like a every day your bed needs to be made kind of person because it's just not a hill I'm willing to die on. Thank you, Stephanie. I didn't need that. We have moving mountains. We have climbing mountains. I think there's another one that I mentioned at the beginning about bypassing. They aren't the ones to die on. They're the ones that can be big if we let them. Or we can just cruise on by. They're the ones that we can, they're kind of the mountain out of a molehill type ones. I think many, many people are choosing the wrong hills to scale and die on. Not just in in life, in parenting, in faith. And this pandemic is a perfect example. There are a lot the, I think there are a lot of uh, bypass options that are very valid. Sometimes we're so focused on our problems that just need to be bypassed, but, when we, but we engage them, we make them a mountain. It may have been a molehill, but we engage with this molehill and we make it a mountain, and sometimes it's simply just not our mountain. It's someone else's mountain, and we don't need to be climbing up it. We don't need to be necessarily speaking for it to move. Maybe you do on someone else's behalf, but sometimes it's simply not our mountain and we just need to leave it alone. Sometimes we're so focused on the mountain that we aren't serving the Lord. Sometimes we're so focused on our problem that we're not doing what God wanted us to do. We're not serving the Lord. Sometimes we stare at the same mountain for too long and we stop seeing the others' needs around us. It's good to get up, stretch our legs, sit back from your mountain and engage in the problems, challenges that others might face. God never told us to focus on our mountains. He very clearly told us where to fix our eyes. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus. Now, dear brothers, and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honourable, what is right, what is pure and lovely and admirable. Think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all the things you've received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We don't focus on our mountains. We focus on Jesus. But God moves mountains, God gives us mountains to climb, and some mountains there are to just bypass. Mountains are miracles disguised as as obstacles. It's a lot easier to uh, be on the top of a mountain. Some days we just, rather than glorying on the top of the mountain, sometimes from where we are, we need to look back at all the mountains that we've already come to the top of. All the things that God has already done in our lives. Not be so focused on the next challenge or the next thing that's in our way, but actually rejoice in the things that God has done in our lives. The, way, the times that he made a way where there was no way, and then suddenly that is not a problem anymore. Sometimes we don't even notice it. Sometimes we can be worried about something and then all of a sudden we're not worried about it when we never acknowledge that God made a way where there was no way. Sometimes we need to pause at looking at the mountains and look back at the things that God has done and change our perspectives to stop and to praise him. I honestly believe today that there are people watching and God has given you a dream. Last night as I was writing this, this is the last thing I not the last thing I wrote, but it's the last thing I added in. I believe God has given you a dream. God has given you a mountain which you can choose to climb that would declare his glory. But we're so busy sometimes just scaling the daily mountains of survival, of getting everything done that needs to be done. We're so busy focused on all the things that we need to do to make life continue all the normal issues, or we're bound by fear, we don't even dare to start. We don't dare to allow that dream that God has placed in our heart, we don't dare to let it flourish. But oh, what the world may lose if you don't pursue that dream. If you don't choose to climb that mountain that God has given you for his glory, what the world may lose, what you may lose in doing all that God has created you to do. I believe that there is dreams out there that you just need to choose to give to God. There may be mountains that need to be moved for that dream to happen. There may be mountains that you, there was very likely mountains that you need to climb. You know, when we see all these amazing people doing things for God, they climbed mountains to get there. They saw God's move, but they climbed mountains to do those things for the glory of God. You're not supposed to know how to do it. You only need to know who will do it with you. God is looking for us to, to believe in Him, the God that's impossible. But so often we're only doing the things that we know we can do ourselves. So often we're only putting our hand up to the to the things that, our hand up or the, to the things that we know that we can accomplish on our own. But actually, God is looking for people that are willing to let Him do the impossible through us. I read this quote from the book: "God likes bad odds. He's not a gambler. He isn't taking a risk on us. He's very confident in His strength in our weakness." God uses flawed people to reach a flawed world. It's another quote that I like from the book that I read. Worship of Jesus is rather harmless and risk free, but actually following Jesus changes everything. Psalm verse 121, 1 2. I look to the mountains, and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Regardless of whether your mountain needs to be moved to climb or bypass, you've got a God, the maker of the heaven and earth. As you look to those mountains, he wants to be with you in those challenges. He is where our help comes from. It doesn't matter how, it only matters who. Who knows, you may have been assigned this mountain to show others that it can be moved. or close. So right now in your houses or wherever you are, I just want you to close your eyes. I'm gonna pray for you. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you are the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, we wanna thank you that you are the creator of the mountains. Both physical and sometimes both physical and sometimes the spiritual mountains that stand in our way. That you are the creator of all things. Lord, I wanna pray that you give us strength and peace for the journey. I pray that you would lead us and guide us to know what we're supposed to do with the mountains that stand in our way. I want to pray that you would give us authority and boldness to speak to those mountains that need to be moved. That you would equip us with the strength and the stamina in your word to climb the mountain that might need to be climbed and the wisdom to bypass the ones that are not for us. Lord, I pray as we go into this week that you would lead us that you would guide us, that we don't need to know the how, but we only need to know the who goes with us. And I pray, Lord, for those that have a dream on their heart, that they're too scared to allow to flourish, the dream that you have given them that will reveal your glory in whatever they do. I pray, Father, this week you'll continue to speak to them about that dream, and Lord, they would allow it to flourish in you. Lord, that you give them the strength and the wisdom to climb the mountain you're calling them to climb pray for your power, your anointing, your authority, your peace, your presence in our lives. In my name Jesus we pray. Amen.